Hello, this is Pastor Tim Brown from Bailey Road Christian Church. Our desire is to share God's love and God's word with all people. Now let's listen to today's scripture followed by our message. today is Matthew 1, 18-23. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The second part of our scripture today is from Luke, Luke 1, 26 to 33. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The search for peace is a deep longing that is within the hearts of all of us. Yet when we look at the world, we see such unrest that sometimes we wonder, where can we find peace? I think it's why at Christmas time, we, we especially love those Christmas specials and those Hallmark Christmas specials. You, you've seen those, haven't you? And I know that they are very predictable, those Hallmark movies they are, so predictable that, that there's actually a version of Hallmark movie bingo. You know how that goes. There, there's squares uh, for a, a snow fight, and then another square for drinking cocoa, and, and another one for a, a fireplace scene or decorating the Christmas tree together. And then there's a box for the woman and the man who start out hating each other, but they fall in love, and, of course, there is this winter storm 
or some other life crisis that comes along, but it's magically restored. Why? Because those couple that hated each other started to like each other and they worked together to resolve it. Okay, I can see from the nods and the smiles that you've watched those Hallmark movies. That's exactly what they're all about. So you don't have to go see any of them. I just told you what they are all about. But I think we like those Hallmark movies because we can kind of relate to those storms of life, those troubles in life, and we like the idea that we can find love and that we can find a special relationship and that through the storms we can find peace and we can find something beautiful that comes as a result of it. But I think what, what attracts um, us to Christmas is also that same hope, isn't it? That hope that somehow in December we can magically bring our troubled lives to this one month of the year and that somehow we can find peace. But wouldn't it be great if we could have a peace that wouldn't just be a fleeting peace for December, but it'd be a peace, a, a peace that would stay with us throughout the year long? And I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but that's exactly where I'm going. Because I want to look at the fact that peace is not tied to the circumstances of life. But peace is the assurance that God's presence is with us through the troubles and the circumstances of life. Well, I'm going to back up just a little bit and do a little bit of review today. Last week, we talked about hope. And I said that hope was something that we have because of the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ through our faith in him. That's what brings us hope. And what I want to suggest is that we can hold on to hope. And when we hold on to that hope, we can have the strength and the, and, and the endurance to keep on going with whatever it is God has called us to do if we hold on to hope. But I think that peace is a little bit different we can't hold on to peace. Peace is something that holds on to us. Peace is a gift that God gives to us that comes upon us. Rather, I believe, it comes from knowing that God is with us, Emmanuel. Let me offer a little examples of peace that isn't resolved or associated with the circumstances. We remember the episode when Jesus was in the boat with his disciples in the midst of a raging storm. While the rest of the disciples were panic-stricken for their very lives, Jesus was in the back of the boat. He was sleeping completely at peace. His peace was not tied to the circumstance around him, simply because he is the Lord of every situation, and every wind and wave would obey him. He had peace. Now, one of those panic-stricken disciples in the boat with Jesus was the Apostle Peter. He, like the others, were panicking because they didn't fully trust and understand that God was there with them in the boat. All they saw was a helpless situation. But this would change for the Apostle Peter after he had witnessed the, and encountered the risen Christ. The Holy Spirit moved in his life. He now had peace that had escaped him earlier in his life. Just listen to an episode later in his life that should have been most fearful for him. Acts 12, 6-7 talks about this. 
The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. A century stood guard at the entrance, and suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared, and the light shone on the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Now, what's so amazing about this story isn't the fact that the angel came and caused the wrists to be freed. What I find to be most amazing is that Peter was sleeping in the first place. I mean, who sleeps when they know that tomorrow they may be sentenced to death and they are tied between two soldiers with their handcuffs on? But did you notice that his sleeping was so sound and so peaceful that an angel of the Lord had to come and strike him on the side of the head, I think. You know, now that is peace, the peace that escaped him. The type of peace that Jesus had in the boat was now the type of peace that Peter had when he was in the cell. And by the way, we can have that kind of peace as well. And some of you have experienced that peace in your life. That's the kind of peace that we all want. And I could go on and on to share many examples of people in the Bible who witnessed and felt peace in some of the most amazing places in the most amazing times. And if peace, if they could find peace, we wonder, can I find peace? Can we find peace in our lives? Can peace fall from heaven in the same way that peace comes to us when we breathe in that evergreen tree. (sighs) Peace. Well, let's look at the hope and the peace and how it worked out in the Christmas story. Today I want to consider the three birth announcements offered to the angel. And Stephanie read uh, the birth announcement uh, to Mary and, and then also to Joseph. But now let's listen to the birth announcement that was made for the shepherds on the night that Jesus was born. This comes from Luke 2, 8 through 14. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. As I read that, did you, did you recognize the birth announcement given to them? It said, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, first we might say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is Mary and Joseph's baby. But truly, he was just as much the Messiah and the child born to the shepherds and to us as he was born to Mary and to Joseph. The passage in the prophet Isaiah reveals this in a beautiful way. I read it earlier at the very beginning of the service. From Isaiah 9, 6, it said, For To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Oh, yes, this was Mary's little boy child. 
but this is our Savior born for us on that holy night. And because he was born to us, and because he continues to live among us and in us, we can have peace. But you notice I use the word can, because it doesn't mean that we will have peace. We have so many people, so many Christians, and, and we've, we, we know those people. Sometimes we are those people who don't always have peace in their life. We can miss out on the lasting peace that God wants to give us. And frankly, I think that's partly because we're looking at peace for peace in the wrong places, like in earthly relationships or experiences or diets or all those self-help books. People are looking for peace, including people who are Christians. Personally, I believe that we don't have peace because we haven't positioned our lives in such a way that we'll receive the peace of the Lord for ourselves. Well, let's look at how Mary and Joseph and the shepherds positioned their lives to receive peace. If you remember the, the three scriptures, uh, you'll know that like the uh, Hallmark movies, the story didn't start out very peacefully, did it? Frankly, they were scared to death. Fear was their first response at seeing the angel, and we would be there with them if we saw an angel, for sure. The angels had to say, do not be afraid, I bring you good news, or some kind of uh, variation of that. But the news wasn't good and easy, and it didn't bring priests at the very beginning. For instance, when Joseph first heard the news from Mary that she was pregnant, he immediately must have wondered something like this, Mary, how could you have done this to me? And how can you expect that I will believe that this child is born of the Holy Spirit? There wasn't much peace in Joseph's heart. Yet he was a righteous man, and he planned to silently send her away quietly. You see, the punishment for adultery was rather cruel and could have cost Mary her life. Luckily, the angel eventually came and spoke directly to Joseph. And you see, it was the words of the angels that were first disturbing that started to bring hope. Hope that God was with them. Hope that, that God was going to bring about something special and miraculous and amazing. And this hope gave them courage and the incentive that they needed to carry on. The message of the angels gave Mary hope and strength to tell Joseph the unbelievable story. The angel's message to Joseph gave him hope and courage to take Mary as his wife, knowing the harshness that would follow in his life, all that would lay ahead. And this hope and anticipation compelled the shepherds to lead their flocks to see this amazing sight. Hope in our heart will compel people and us to do amazing things when we have hope. And the message of hope to each of them really had the same variation, didn't it? That God was going to be with them and that they would see and experience the Savior. But hope was not and is not the end of the story. Hope would lead them to the manger to see and experience the birth of the child. And finally, peace would descend upon them as they saw 
experience and worship the Messiah for themselves. You see, there's a lot of people who don't have the peace of Christmas because they hear the story. Maybe there's some hope that there's some truth to it. But peace comes to the one who investigates themselves, who worships themselves, and seeks out the Christ child for themselves. God is the one who gives us peace. You know, there is some wisdom in the multitude of the heavenly angels. They were right as they proclaimed this to the shepherds. They said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those who his favor rests. This reveals a simple yet profound truth, that when we give glory to God in the highest with a sincere heart, that peace will fall upon us from on high, and God's favor will be upon us. Or put another way, when we worship God, when we give glory to God through our prayers, through our words, through our songs, as well as our heartfelt service and acts of compassion, then God will give us peace from on high. Yes, in true worship, each part of who we are is brought to everything that Jesus and God is. Such worship of our whole heart will bring about peace. This kind of worship can be loud and exuberant, but it can be deeply quiet, personal, like the heart of someone when they're sitting next to someone who loves them and in whom they love. There's a sense of peace. And so it doesn't matter if we are worshiping quietly or loudly. But you know, Satan hates it when we worship God with all of our hearts. Satan doesn't mind that we have comforts in life, but don't worship God. Satan wants to discourage us and convince us that we don't need God and that God isn't real. And if he can't convince us that God isn't real, then Satan will say, well, you're unworthy, you are sinful, God's not really going to love you. Who could love you? That's the lie of Satan that would discourage us. But don't listen to that lie. These are meant to keep us from Jesus. But when we come to Jesus and glorify Jesus, that's when we have peace. So how did our friends in the Bible, how did they find peace? Peace found them, actually, if you really want to know. Peace found Mary when she was looking into the face of God that was in her arms. Just listen to the thoughts that Mary had as she was also caught up into the worship of the shepherds. It said this in Luke 1.19, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. What a wonderful description of peaceful worship. And we all know about the exuberant worship of the shepherds. They ran to tell everybody the story. Scripture records it this way, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as the Lord had been told them. That sounds like peace to me. Yes, the sheep were still as smelly and stubborn, and the night was just as cold. But that night, and I think every night afterwards, because of their encounter with Jesus, they had peace. Now, we really don't know about the peace that fell upon Joseph. But as a father who's looked into the eyes of 
four wonderful baby children when they were born. I can only imagine the peace that Joseph felt. No, the baby wasn't his own, but he would love this child and, and protect this child and serve this child and would have peace. The situation stayed the same. Actually, in Mary and Joseph's case, their situation <laughs> got worse and more difficult. But they had peace because Jesus was there with them. But what if Joseph would have turned to Mary and said something like this? You know, I'm not going to go on that journey with you. You know, God be with you. May you have peace, but I'm not going to do that. Right? In this case, his life might have been more comfortable, and he might have even lived a little bit longer. But I don't think that he would have ever felt at peace because he knew he was called by God to do something great that Mary needed him and God needed him. And you know, I think there's a lot of Christians who don't feel at peace today because they have not accepted and they have not followed through on what they know that God has called them to do in their life. When we're in the center of God's will, that's another great way to find peace. That's another way to worship God is to be in the center of his will. What Joseph and Mary had learned and what the multitudes have learned throughout the years, they've learned the, the truth of this paradoxical statement that Jesus made to each one of us. It's recorded in Matthew 10, 39. It says this, If you try to save your life, you will lose it. But if you give it up for me, you will surely find it. Sounds like a paradox, doesn't it? You see, if we seek to save our lives and attempt to hold on to peace. I told you, you can't hold on to peace. Peace hold on to us. If we try to hold on to peace by being comfortable in life, then we will lose it. But if we worship the Lord, we trust God, no matter where he takes us, then he gives us peace. If we lose our life for Christ's sake, we will still find our peace. I believe perhaps this is the de best definition for worship, isn't it? To lose our life, completely losing our heart and our lives wrapped up into who Jesus is. That sounds like worship. And when we do that, we find peace. Some might wonder which one comes first. You know, does, uh, does worship come after we feel at peace or does peace come after we worship? Well, I don't know that it really matters. But if we are worshiping only because we are comfort, comfortable and we are blessed in life, then I wonder what happens when life gets tough again. I think that's the true test of worship, isn't it? True worship and true peace isn't dependent upon the situation and the blessings or the lack of blessings in our life. Rather, it comes from knowing that Jesus is with us. So this Christmas, I believe that peace can fall upon each one of us as we worship the Lord and as we respond to his call for us. Remember his call? It's found in Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. 
Jesus said of himself, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And it was the Apostle Paul who proclaimed, Jesus himself is our peace, Ephesians 2.14. And the angels had it right. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those in whom his favor rests. May we receive peace this Christmas. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. Oh Lord, we pray for comfort. Oh Lord, we pray for peace in, in relationships, and we pray for that in our nation. But until that comes, help us to find peace, knowing that you are with us, Emmanuel. Thank you for Jesus, who turned away from the glory and the beauty of heaven, the comfort of heaven, to come to our cruel and dirty and smelly world so that we might have peace. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us and listening to today's message. Please keep connected with us and check out our website, baileyroad.org. And may the Lord fill you with joy as you turn to God's holy word.